BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There are exactly eight hours and 58 minutes left Mm. as of the recording of Take Two podcast in the legislative session. Uh, Thanks for being with us. It is the first day of March. February is behind us. Mara Carabello is across for the table from me. And then I can also see Greg Hughes. Hi. Glad we're all here. Are we happy that we're almost done with this? Very. Done. So done. The shortest session in America, general legislative session, is still too long. I don't even know how it gives. I don't know how it stays this long. Yeah. Well, maybe it wouldn't be as bad if it were longer because it wouldn't be as intense. That is true. I, you know, for people that say, well, it was rushed through at the end. It, it is inherently a quicker process when you get to these final days than it was day one, day two, day three. So you're seeing the pace is hastened because they're trying to get as much in as they can. Because at midnight on the 45th day, it doesn't matter what you have. Everything's done. Mm. So, so it is going quicker right now. Um, and there is a Lazarus con- uh, concept we're resurrecting nothing people? ever dies if you mm. think a bill died at some point during this session it can always, always come, come back. back to life it can come back to life in a different they're not bill. going through can, quite as quick and as many this year it does not seem do yeah. we think it maybe just because we have a new speaker and new speakers are kind of in a learning curve no mm-hmm. i i will i actually i i i don't i think I don't think more is better. So if they are being a little more deliberative and slowing it down a little bit, I think that's Do you fine. think that's what they're doing? So, okay, we, so n- coming into today, 940 bills had been introduced. And as of this morning, 435 have passed. So big day, last day, big passage day. But 435, Greg, that's relatively modest in modern times. In modern, uh, yeah. In modern back times. At, back in my day. <laughs> what did you push through when you were in charge? I don't think we hit 500 in my day, but I'm not, I'm not sure we did, so... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of change. We'll have to all study up to see what the new laws are that we have to live by. Um, (laughs) So uh, this session, I feel like there's just been a couple stories that have gotten the headlines, but a lot more has been going on. Right before we walked in here, uh, our new House Speaker, Mike Schultz, uh, posted a video talking about what he felt like were the wins from the session. He talked about uh, water. He said that Utah has the lowest energy cost. There is an energy bill we'll discuss. Uh, Teachers uh, getting some more money for supplies. Student teachers getting stipends now so they're not working for free. That's nice. Uh, And fixes of criminal justice reform. Those were some of the top ones that I remember from him and his video. Would you guys concur that those were wins or where are we at? If they happen, they're urban legends as far as I'm concerned. All I know are baseball stadiums and hockey arenas. That's what took all the oxygen out of the building. Dollar, dollar bills, yo. Yep. If there was anything else they did, it's news to me. It was a session driven early on as the session prior by social issues, it seemed. You know, the DEI bill and the trans bill sucked most of the oxygen out of the room when it came to what people were talking about. And the latter, so that takes the first two weeks. Middle two weeks were all about these unexpected mega bonds. And, I mean, that the... The one deal, the NHL deal, just closed yesterday or the day before on the House floor. So that seemed to take up most of the energy. So the question is that you sometimes ask, is it because the heavier stuff isn't interesting or harder to understand? Is the media bandwidth an issue or... 
Um, it's always interesting to me when leadership comes out with a list that is not the list that we've all been talking about, right? Yeah. You're like, yep. what did 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 we all miss the conversation? Did I'm curious, did was they the, not were, have were the highlights of the session including those? Uh, no, these were venues. the highlights. Those yeah. were, Did they mention them no. at all? No, those, unless I didn't listen to the last no. 10 seconds, but I don't think that was mentioned in I there. I don't think it was. And the interesting thing about this session, it's a vast contrast to last session, because last session seemed like it was so pre-produced that it yeah. was like there were no questions as to what would happen. They went in there and they're like, which was very organized, I guess, but it was kind of like a foregone conclusion. So this yeah. time there were more surprises. But I do think... Every legislative session, just the way the news business goes, there's fewer people and fewer. I mean, there's so many bills to look at, and you can only concentrate yeah. on so many. So sometimes they get lost. And I think as we go through the end of the session and we go through the process of the governor signing them, we have more time to dig through what's been passed and what happened and who did it and why. So uh, there will be more reporting in the days to come for a lot of these bills that we I haven't had time to talk about. I do wish when legislators talk about what they've done. I do wish we would all go back to the olden days when you would be specific. Like when people say we did so much for the Great Salt Lake and we did so much for water. I don't want to be cynical about it, but what I want to be do? specific about yeah. it. And the same with, you know, they say we did great for social or uh, criminal justice reform. I, I don't doubt it, but what are you talking about? Yeah. Because those are just huge categories. And um, the devil is in the details and the complexity is in the details. I wish we would have spent a lot more time talking about energy. Um, both, both bodies put energy out there as one of their number one issues. Utah is such an interesting state in which we produce our own energy, but we're also all trying to diversify. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I think energy... Because we don't talk about it enough, it ends up being very partisan when I actually think the policy around it has a lot of overlapping. Um, but energy is a, a topic that I'm often frustrated by politicians using it in a very broad headlining yeah. way. You know, like, oh, like today, today there was a meaty bill that was passed. I want to say was, it was this the Rocky Senate. Mountain one? Yeah. And the speaking the the floor speeches were sort of like either save our country patriotism if you support homegrown energy or <laughs> criticism um, of it and it's somewhere in the middle to be honest and most people are somewhere in the middle on it and most of us believe that if you ease coal out I mean we're all saying the same thing but it was the biggest bunch of trope speeches I was really annoyed with the speechification we of didn't it nail, get down to the reality no. level and we're talking you know, about real issues the, the vote total was all the Republicans voted for it most of the Democrats voted against it so it was a foregone conclusion at the beginning of the debate and I was like why aren't you all having a deeper conversation with us is it that we're not listening is it that the public doesn't want to have a deeper conversation you know I I, I think it's I when I was when I was a public servant I was in the legislature, I thought more I, with the volume of emails with the media interaction. I thought there was probably a higher level of understanding of a session, what was happening. After I left, I realized that, that most Nobody don't cares. know or anything. No. So if they don't get too specific um, when they try to speak broadly, I'm not as worried about that. But what I do think you have the opportunity to do uh, is in a rare moment, really do contrast some of the mess that I think you're seeing in Washington with a legislative body that I think works really well. And I think they do. I think the way they, every member is on an appropriations subcommittee where they all hammer it, you know, really drill down on areas of state yeah. government, bring those recommendations to a, a what 
Congress has as a Ways and Means Committee. We have an Executive Appropriations Committee that, but every all the lawmakers participate in that budget process. There are just some moments where you could really uh, contrast and show the show Utahns that there's a lot of good work being done for and on behalf of the people here, and why that's one of the reasons our state is great. Here's what I, to it's kind of to your point, but without specificity, but. I just think that we are in, whether it's our energy costs, and we have some of the lowest energy costs in the country, but it doesn't happen by accident. There's so much work going into having uh, having an energy portfolio. We have a lot of natural resources in this state. We're, we're competing against EPA and some federal regulations. So there's a conversation to be had there. We have inflation that's hitting families. KUTV had this story, which I found, this this is the irony I found about the session. The, the story was Utah workers struggling to cover basic needs, cost of living, uh, cost of living despite recent uh, wage growth. I think that's how a lot of people are feeling right now. And when I look at this session, it's not that they didn't get specific about an issue. I felt like they weren't considering anything that everyday people in Utah are struggling with right now. All I know is that there's a billionaire getting a, a baseball stadium uh, if they can get the franchise and, a, and another billionaire is going to get a hockey stadium. And I think that is all I heard this, this year. And I'm there every day. And I think that it took the oxygen out of the room. And when I read the real issues that that Utahns are facing, and I look at the main messages that were coming out of that session, I find an absolute disconnect. And that's that's the part that I would like to have seen way more political capital spent on these issues that Utahns are confronting on a daily basis and less on these, you know, fun things like hockey and baseball. Yeah, hockey, baseball, and then I feel like we start off every session lately with like some kind of trans Social, bill too. Yeah. yeah. Which it doesn't make sense when you're trying to sell to the people who elect you what I guess matters most. And people are spending about a third of their uh, money right now on groceries and rent and housing so high. So yeah, those are all things. And we don't know yet about the tax cut, right? If that's happening and how much that's going to be end of today. Well, I mean, it's it should be a foregone conclusion be. that we will all end up with with an extra fifty. Bucks. I mean, it was yeah about the average mm-hmm. household is going to end up with a, a about fifty bucks unless you're rich and then you'll end up with a then you might a get a couple thousand. hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that for sure that was a big goal going in was the tax cut. Yeah, um, and it looks like they'll achieve that. Okay, I, this this session I will say has felt longer than most. Um, and what is interesting to me is that I can't tell you why. I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm more tired of it than I usually am. And I'm not sure why. I, I, but it has felt like a really hard session. I know why, but it's my, you know. Are you going to share your feelings sure. with well, us? Or do you feel like you're going to wait for a I post-mortem? Think, I, I think the, the, well, I think probably better after it's sunk in for a week when we meet again. But I do think the process and the culture in the, in the legislature, but particularly the House, has changed uh, from from what I'm used to, and I think that's what's made it feel like more of a, sl- a just a slog. But it's fixable. It's not something like we're stuck with. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> okay. So on a bright note, um, Representative Dan Johnson's back. Yes, he that's had a good medical news. event, and now he's back, and he wore a did a little dance and. Did he really? Yeah. What a, yeah. What a, and what this what is stalwart. his last session. He's yeah. about seventy-seven, I think. Yeah. And I think this year he said that he was going to be retiring in sure. Cash County. Yeah. So yeah. glad he's back again. And what I love about that is that you know it's a, it's a really scary. We've had, I've had I've been there when there's been some medical emergencies, some you know heart attacks or things. It's it's really just almost surreal when it happens. Dan Johnson had every right to be done with his session when when he had this medical emergency. 
but he he really does take his responsibilities as a public him. servant seriously. Back and at him. He came back. You know, and that's he's, the he's, note. Set and, sit next to Dr. Ray Ward if you I'll say are concerned. There are some so, positions. Yeah, the beauty of a citizen legislature. <laughs> that is nice. Um, one thing that we've also been hearing a lot of talk about is the transparency issues. And one of them is a bill that keeps calendars private. We were talking about this last week. It passed pretty quickly, and the governor signed it even faster, which was interesting I guess politicking too, where there's been so much concern about specifically the attorney general and opening his calendar. I always am in favor of transparency because I think that transparency is important for the public process. But at the same time too, I also think that by passing this or if they hadn't passed it, I mean, if people want to hide things from their calendar, I mean, if I'm meeting with the mob, I don't put that on my calendar. I just right. know at two o'clock where to two go. O'clock. <laughs> yes. Money laundering at four. Bring a yeah. paper bag. So, I mean, you don't put that stuff on your calendar. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought this though was just in poor taste, I'll say. Like, I think to your point, I, I actually think when they say that your calendar is subject to scrutiny, as we talked about last week, I don't think anybody thinks that's every single thing on your calendar. I think it would be it would have been very fair for the legislature to say, "Listen, we're going to define what is public, mm-hmm. and we're going to define what's private." Because particularly for legislators, so if you schedule sexy time with your if, wife, you don't you have, have to, to put, put that, that on your calendar. You can just say private. <laughs> and, yeah. and so I think that they could have done that and made us feel a little better about to just in the middle of it go. You know, in real time, we're going to pass a a bill sort of saying, screw you, we don't want our calendars open. I just didn't like the tone of it. I didn't like that that the governor signed it super early. I will just give a shout out to all of those who are having your calendars looked at now. It's not a retroactive bill. So like Sean (laughs) Reyes still needs to produce his calendar according to the judiciary. That's true. Uh, Utah House also killed a bill that would ban LGBTQ plus pride flags, political views, others from the classroom. So Utah, Utah teachers can continue to display flags, other social, political, and religious imagery in their rooms. I've seen a lot of fighting back and forth online about this of, well, does that mean I can put this up and you can't put this up? So uh, another bill of squabbling. Was this the right choice to kill this bill? I don't think so. I, I Look, I I thought the best and and best way to handle it was just say, look, have an American flag so you can have the Pledge of Allegiance, have the Utah flag, and let's just leave the rest alone. Uh, Because there's a lot of flags I would like. If you had the military, different arms of the military up there, flags, I would personally like that. I liked, I went to an elementary school once and saw a lot of the universities around the country and their flags in the schools so the kids could see the different universities like those flags. Other flags I don't like, but that's me. So I think the most even-handed approach would be to say, let's get out of the flag business and let's just Let's talk curriculum, and if you have a topic that has a has a related flag or symbol that's related to the curriculum, bring it up. Have it for that for that portion of a of a class or a curriculum. But but I do think that um, I've heard that there's already rules that that work on these things. But there is this fear of I'm a bigot if I don't allow it. I'm, I could be canceled if I don't do this. I think a state law that would have just said, hey hey, let's get classrooms out of the flag business business all, all together would probably be the most even-handed way to deal with it. I think that um, teachers are, they go to school, they're qualified, they're area experts, they know what they're doing. And 
for the past two or three years, our legislature continues to say we respect every profession but that of teacher. And we respect all judgments in areas of expertise <laughs> except our teachers. And so I'm glad we finally, while be the line is so far to the right I can barely see it, I feel like we finally reached a point where we're like, thank goodness, maybe our teachers are qualified to make some judgment calls and maybe diversity is okay. I know we're not allowed to say that because diversity is not okay according to the first 10 days of the session. But like, <laughs> hey, it's it, it finally reached the point. We have been so disrespectful of the profession of teaching. And apparently we're really afraid of ideas and we're afraid if any says anybody says anything or shows anything to our children, we apparently don't think we have any say as parents. I mean, it's okay if your kid sees or hears something. It's a way to validate and reinforce at home what you believe. So I like that we finally got to the point where we're like, can we tap out of telling teachers how to do their jobs? Two points. Uh, one, there was a video that a student recorded a teacher that was kind of There's on a There's always rant. somebody, so what, was, so what I'm going to say is when you say, what, what I'm saying is let's just eliminate that environment where those things could happen to some degree. But the other, the other w- so direction. So when a legislator, this- elected official, does something that I think is cuckoo for cocoa puffs, do I also? I mean, everybody if, if that makes you has want me to not have a flag. People. I would say fine. I, everybody I can't wave a flag has anymore. crazy people. But look, I'm trying to accommodate for all those opinions to say let's just get out of the flag business. But here's where that 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 debate limiting speech doesn't accommodate. So, but would you agree that because <laughs> this is where literally this debate has gone is. You need to know there are safe places, and if you have a flag, being being you know, because when flown, I see things, then, they hurt. Then me. it's a safe place to be. So, well, like, I if think you're that, a Utah fan and your teacher has a BYU flag up, yeah, you might you might hate not that place. be there. But I think it is a ridiculous premise that it, what someone if you who's hate gay, Argentina? if you don't have a pride flag in your classroom, that you were not a safe place to, to be able to have a. But class I don't in. think that was. I and, think that was the projected so premise. That so the idea that. Those pla- flags are important because then they show there's a safe place. I, I reject that that premise. I do. I, I think that you don't need the flag to be shown to know that that's a safe place to have a classroom. I don't think that that was the assertion. No, that, that, was, that was part of the That debate. was the I, interpretation I'm just saying, I'm just saying of a group some, of conservatives no, who have systematically attacked LGBTQ youth for four years I'm using the row. other side. I'm saying the other side said, look, we need to have these flags up because then it shows it's a safe place. I'm saying that... I don't. I don't agree with, and I think why don't we just get get out of the whole topic there? Because I think why it gets a little bit. Stop that's telling what's teachers how to do their jobs. All right, no, let's tell just them how. Them just saying, oh my gosh! All we do is tell teachers. Well, is that a, that's how to the definition do their of a teacher? Is they got to have a flag of okay, some well, sort? Here's the opposite end. The Utah Legislature approved um, allowing more children at unlic- unlicensed daycare facilities. So less rules here. Uh, is this a good idea? In the same week where we're talking about one specific daycare, it's only one, but. Um, Allegedly, there's several children that have been sexually abused. Does this change anything, or does this just give parents more options that don't have the finances to go get the care they need, Mara? So here's something I did not like about this bill. We've gotten into the habit. It's a very uh, federal thing to do, and I'd just like us to put the kibosh on it. This was another bill that combined two different issues together. And one was the child tax credit. They moved it from three years old to four years old in this bill as well. And that has almost universal consensus. In fact, ironically, this is something that the Dems have been fighting for for several years. This was led by the Republicans this time. So huzzah. But why couldn't we? Yeah, so, but then they tack on this other thing that does have some heartburn for folks. So I think for me where the heartburn comes from is that 
Um, it says if you're unlicensed, you should think about doing a background check, but there's no enforcing of the background check, and it moves how many kids you can have under your own care. Now, the pro argument is we have a lack of, sh- uh, of child care, and this gives more opportunities, yeah. but <laughs> we are risking that there may be a person who, doesn't, who hasn't done a background check because it's a voluntary assertion of your background check, and it's... And, and, the remedy to that I keep hearing is, well, you're the parent who chose that um, daycare center. Or that yeah, neighbor. you knew going into it, yeah. But so. I, And I'm not for just extra regulations, but what I disliked about this bill most is we're getting into the habit of conflating things the way the feds do, and I just don't think that's the best system to lawmake. I think, I hear what you're saying, that you put in a carrot, something that everyone likes to time, get to get the whole thing Oh, passed. yeah, Congress. I, I, I hear that, but... The reason this bill is good on all fronts is that um, I learned from being on this podcast when I foolishly said that I didn't think there was a daycare or childcare problem. Ooh, did you um, hear oh, it? But did I? I did. I, I have now learned that the, it is a constant struggle for many people, and uh, and it's not it's not unique for a certain household income. It's ex- very expensive with childcare. Uh, this is a, This is a prevalent problem, a challenge. Well. This bill, hold on to your hats. I hope those that are listening are sitting down because you're not going to believe what this bill did. Right now, it's legal to have six kids in your house to watch them. Now it's eight. Two more. Oh, my goodness. Is the sky falling? If we are having Greg, a problem about child care, eight children can we, once can in your we, whole long life? Can, Do you yeah, know I, of I've which been, you I've been in the company of eight all? children. So you, listen, you if we are going to say, if we're going <laughs> to oh say, gosh. if we're going to say that there is a problem here and that there's child, a child care uh, issue going on, Letting two more children in that home that the, someone's babysitting, my goodness, this is, you can't say both at the same time. See, we don't have any resources. Don't we don't have enough that it's help with child care. You can put check. two more, two more in. Well, why didn't you do it for the six? Why don't you have the background check for the six? I'm saying it's two more than you already allow. That's the, so if you take it in the context of what they're actually increasing, not just from like zero to eight, but it was six, legal as the day is long. Now it's eight. It was six. Now it's eight. It's fine. It's fine. Especially if I'm to accept the rebuke I've received from listeners who said that I was way, you know, off kilter by saying mm. I didn't think there was a big child care. Child so, care is not for me. Don't drop them off at my house. Do you guys remember Joy oh, School yeah. from back in the day? Utah no. did it. There was it was sort of like a preschool, but insta- Joy yeah, instead of like learning things, you were teaching kids to be joyful and oh, just wow. Interact with other children, and that's it was this, every day at the Hughes household. That's yeah, I and it was like a neighborhood group where each <laughs> you mom described my week. children's childhood. That's what you did. I hated Joy it. School. I had like eight kids. They were like mutant ninja turtling each other, putting buggers on my carpet. Ugh, no thanks. Ew. So anyhow, those who do do daycare do do daycare. Uh, thank you because it is hard work. It's tough. Yeah, and tough I don't know that tough. you can even protect people. The background check is important, but the background check doesn't always protect you because we're learning in a case this week that there was someone who was an alleged Chester molester, but none of the charges had ever gone through. They couldn't prove it. And so he was still working. And he had done it over almost a decade or something. Yeah. And so, I mean, no background check would have given you that. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see what else we need to talk about. Uh, the NBA and NHL, as we've talked about, it's just about a done deal. I think one of them still needs one more I, I vote. I do want to bring up, I want to talk about, I want to speak about a podcast that spoke about our podcast. Ooh. On, were they On this podcast. Rudely of us? About it. Wow. Double, no, it was. Triple casting. Yeah, you like that? So, yeah. Um, so it was mentioned on a podcast that in last week's podcast um, that I was very disappointed in my colleagues that, that they were looking at uh using taxpayer dollars to fund these sports uh, 
venues. Yeah. And and the question to the to the sponsor of the bill, Representative Wilcox, is are you, are you as leftist as Hughes said you were? And he said no. And that, it was I don't think I said it that stark no stark of terms. But the two points that were brought up that I just want to bring up to our listeners is that one was um, that the war of the podcast now that wow. there is. It is a great state asset in that they that the taxpayers will only pay for half of it, They'll, but all of it will be paid for. I mean, the other half will be paid for by the Miller family, but yet the state will own the entire thing, and that, that is an asset for the state. To that, I say, go to 13. You don't have to look at national data. You don't have to look at all the failures of cities where that's not working out well for the, the political subdivisions that own their stadiums or arenas. But let's just go to 13 South in Salt Lake and look at the Smith's ballpark. It is owned by Salt Lake City. How's that working for them now that they've lost the bees? That is not a, an asset where they can now repurpose it. They're going to tear it down. They're going to have to reimagine that entire block. There is nothing going there if that baseball team and that baseball team left. So that is now a worthless. That is, that is depreciated. That is a sunken cost. That is not an asset. Second, it was said that all these great restaurants and all the great, re, you know, just commercial just is drawn to these sports arenas, these major league sports arenas. Walk across the street of the Delta Center and walk into the Gateway. I just did. I did it yesterday just to see if it was the way I remembered it. The empty, the empty storefronts that are right next to an NBA arena are legion, okay? It is not, it is not doing, at least in our own city, in Salt Lake City, the, the, this concept that you have this great asset and that it draws all this, this economic activity is not happening in real time and is not an asset in real time just in the city without having to look at any other city to compare. So I would say I think it takes a little bit more. Just squint your eyes a little bit. Look at it a little closer. I don't think it's the screaming deal you think it is. I wasn't going to air my grievances on this, but now that you've opened May the door. Well. Made as well. Made as well. I was trying to so, be tempered. I, I actually will give a shout out. The bill sponsors on the MLB, I think, did a really good job in taking away the obligation of Kusharam to pay for it. So the TRT yeah, so, yes. uh, statewide You're, was taken thank out. Thank you, Mara. Thank you, thank you. That, that was true. a big stinking House deal. members have really done well by getting the, the statewide tax out. That was a fatal flaw. That was, that was yes. That, I, I was going to go personally house to house and round up your conservative cards. Yeah, because St. George vacationers have, do not that, want to that pay was, for that. That was, I, I, so sorry that, was that I didn't bring that up, but that was a big, big deal. improvement, yes, if we'd big, like big to deal. Thank you, But here's one of the things I want to ask my Democratic friends. So when we passed, I was I made the mistake of listening. I make the mistake of mm. listening to the debate. That's the mistake. I should just keep the tunes on. Yeah. But I was listening to the discussion about um, the hockey, and I'm actually for the hockey bond and the Delta Center, the MBA, yeah. whatever we're calling it. And I like the structure. I think it makes sense. Everything about it, super swell. But a couple of things. The bill essentially gives the local entity, Salt Lake City, the option to tax itself, which is exactly the call and response that we often have. So that's very standard, very good. But <laughs> person after Republican after Republican is like, yeah, this is really great. It's going to help everybody. And I'm thinking, well, what the hey, you're not paying for this. I mean, it is a sales tax. So we can pretend that on your, you know, Shirley Temple, you're getting a little juge up to Salt Lake City, but this is mostly Salt Lakers who will pay this. But I, so one. Shirley <laughs> like Temple, wait a minute. What is this movie she's talking about? No, no, yeah, no. no. I, I, was I, going, I was a little slow on the uptake. I was I going it. with, you know, yeah, the, a clean cocktail. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> 
that's really good. But here's where I wanted my Democratic friends to stand up and, and former Speaker Hughes, I'd be interested in seeing this. So thank goodness the state, even though they have allowed the municipal government to tax themselves, they also, of course, compiled an oversight committee made up of themselves. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> thank you so much. And it has two senators, two House members, and some rando from the public. Here's what I don't understand. I, why are no Democrats standing up and saying in that bill it should be written that you should also live in Salt Lake County if you're going to provide oversight? Because just like the same authority, mm. I don't need some dude from Kusharam giving oversight to thank you my taxes. You're th- you, This is a taxable, so I think, fine, if the heavy hand of the state legislature wants to look over the backs of us Democrats taxing ourselves, so be it. I'll live with that. I'm a Utah. I, you're going to hate live my with answer. It. I have an answer but you are going to hate so why, much. I think that the oversight committee should draw from the region in which the tax is being taxed. I, I, <laughs> I know you're going to hate my answer. Um, I, maybe on some things I would agree with that. That makes a lot of sense in theory. Uh, this Salt Lake in City theory. needs real supervision. Okay, this city is crime ridden. This is this is really turned the tables. There used to be, or there is, urban decay. And yet you okay? want to invest. Where urban decay and is yet where they the Republicans where just this, gave one point eight billion dollars and to the us. crime and the Ugh. and all that rises. In you in Salt Lake City, we have this unique investment, urban investment development decay. Okay, it is where crime is going up, burglaries are on the rise, and yet you see all this development that's going on. It needs some supervision, Mara. I'm sorry. This city's but not running just, itself very they well. They gave this child that you say is feral, they just gonna, gave him more candy. I know. I'm saying, if you're going to do that, you better keep a close eye. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, that's why I don't even know uh, why it's please. in Salt Lake City. But if you're going to put it there, you got to put some eyes I on say this. I to my Democratic friends. is not doing it on their own. If there's oversight it should be from the region that the taxes it makes sense. i think from the state of which it's coming from i will say the pictures they've been putting out are pretty and i think it's easy to get excited about that i'm excited but the weird thing is is when you think about it we all live very different lives than we used to when i was like a young teenager and couldn't drive and i wanted to go buy cool things i had to ride the bus downtown with several transfers to get to Crossroads Mall. Yeah. And it was a destination. And I'd meet my friends there and you'd go buy things and you'd walk around and go get something out to eat. But there's just isn't that draw anymore. We're even seeing it in our malls where the big uh, Dillard's or the Macy's shut down and they try to fill it up with a bowling alley or something else. I don't see the draw. I don't know if we can make ourselves into a Las Vegas where people at least want to walk our Salt Lake City strip or what it is. But um, it's a big task ahead of them to create this fun place that we're all going to want to hang out. I think they've got the plan. I will also, I mean, who has anchored Salt Lake and saved Salt Lake since pre-statehood is actually the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I mean, um, one of the things I think we keep forgetting about downtown right now is Temple Square being under construction is actually a really big deal. It's, it's the pushed largest, a lot of families at home that would normally come it's downtown. It's the largest draw in Utah outside of our state parks, or, our, our, excuse me, our, our national parks. And so I do think when that's back, and I, I that's why I, uh, I really like the investment, particularly around the Delta Center. I'm not against any of this investment. I just yeah. I, so Tuesday, what was that, February 27th? It was the funniest headline in the world that I saw. Someone sent it to me. J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois. Okay. Um, he he is not sold on the, using state funds, $1.1 billion, for a White Sox baseball right. field. He says that taxpayer dollars are precious. Folks, 
He's one of the, probably one of the left of center yes. governors we're going to find in America. He said, I love the renderings. They're beautiful. They look great. I, that is not the, the economic case or the lift that I'd need to see to invest the money of Illinois into an endeavor like this. When you hear J.B. Pritzker talking that way, um, I think that's probably, I would think that we were in a parallel universe. I'm looking for bearded Spock at the moment. I'm looking for where... Utahns would talk that way, and J.B. Pritzker would be the one excited about sending all that money to we the baseball park. We are spending like a drunken sailor right now. Yeah, that's all right. for sure. Well, I hope we have some money left over. And um, also in the news this week, randomly, when we're talking about downtown, Macy's has been a, a mainstay since CCMI left. But a lot of Macy's are dying. They're just not doing well and getting pulled out. I'm asking if you're listening from the Bloomingdale's company, give us a Bloomingdale's. I know they Take did. Macy's away. Did you Give see us a Bloomingdale's. Though, they yeah. said they were closing 150s Macy's, but they were investing in Bloomingdale's. Yeah, so we need one. We need either a Bloomingdale's, a Neiman Marcus, or a Saks in Utah. I, I agree, don't mean to be a beggar, but I just want. Because the CEOs of these companies are listening, I also want to point out <laughs> yeah. that we need the good versions. Because if you ever notice sometimes when. We have anchors move in here. They give us the not good inventory of those. Yeah, and I feel like the Macy's right now, when you walk into them, it's very different than what we'll you would get here. We'll explain shopping to you yeah, after I, the podcast. I, like, <laughs> it matters. And yeah, I great. admittedly am a person who goes to these higher-end stores and buys things when they're on sale and very mm-hmm. much on clearance, but I get better product, and I really love that. I so. agree. I'm the weirdest thing, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the biggest tech guy in the world, but I find shopping to feel so archaic. I feel like I'm on a, like a scavenger hunt or I'm on a treasure hunt. Like and I have to physically look. That's because your phone is look. just telling you what to do. And you're yeah, like, it's true. yes, get off. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> I, it, it doesn't predict what I want. It tells me what I yes. want and I buy it. So you're but right. That's def- probably not good for me either. In defense of the AI marketing, you've looked great lately. Well, thank you. Know? you. Yeah. Thank you. That, Looking good. Look these shoes right here. I don't I listen could, to AI marketing because it tries Facebook to feed me, me to like Utah mom stuff and it's all stay at home mom stuff that's yeah. cute on other people. But when I buy it, that's how I, I bought a dress once and my husband and my son were like, no, who are you? You are not the pioneer women. <laughs> and I had to, I had to bring it back. So, uh, Improving the juvenile justice system. This was vaguely mentioned in uh, the speaker's video where he talked about fixing the criminal justice system. I'm not sure if there's other fixes, uh, but there's a bill that the Libertas, is that how you say them? Libertas Institute? Yeah, liber- Libertas or Libertas. All right. It's in a um, SB 88, the bill corrects how juveniles, they say, are treated when in custody. So this would change it. So juveniles in custody would not be treated like adults, meaning that they wouldn't be going to uh, the correctional facilities. They wouldn't have DNA that would be on file for a lifetime. Is this the right direction to go? I think about this bill as we're also talking about a case that we probably won't talk much about, where there's a nine-year-old who allegedly shot an adult in a home. It's now in the juvenile courts. We won't hear much about it. Is this the right idea to take kids that we don't want thrown into the court system where they're on record forever? Or do we need to have a record of them? And do they need to be a part of this correctional institution, Mara? No. No. I mean, it's it. The, our correctional institutions, our punitive system hasn't worked. I, I am always leery agreeing. I, I feel like I didn't read something when I agree with Libertas, but I, I think that this makes sense. Um, usually bills like this, and I didn't read the detail of it, usually bills like this have extreme exceptions, like have sort of a course in which a very unusual 
person, a young person comes in. Like a but, 12-year-old murders but, their entire family? Yeah, but by and large, what we do know is kids can go into alternative programs. If you look, Utah has had a pretty successful peer court reputation. So that's really regionalized. That's not a statewide thing. Yeah. But you can intervene with kids, right? I mean, this is back to nature versus nurture a little bit, but you can usually uh intervene with children at the level in which I think it makes sense that you don't treat them like adults from an incarceration penalty point of view. So, and I think this bill uh, is, is good. There was a version, there was a bill that was out there during the session that was trying to say, was trying to say, if you had a, a and these are rare, but if you had a heinous crime and the, it was a juvenile that committed the crime, but it wasn't something that if it was a homicide or multiple homicide, the 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 juve, you wouldn't want to put that juvenile in a, an adult uh, correctional facility. However, there you was a yeah, there was going yeah. to be a juvenile d- detention a, in the last year of their being a juvenile, but then they were going to continue a sentence mm-hmm. as an adult. And there was a bill that wanted to say that after they were finished with their juvenile uh, sentencing, that they could it could be uh, done. They could be considered their sentence served and not have to go forward and and do the adult uh, incarceration. That, that was that was problematic, and so that 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 doesn't pass. But then you have a good one like this. That I think that does. So I think that's I think that's 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 what the process brings out. It brings out the good, better bills or better policy. Yeah, there's always exceptions because I think most juveniles in the system, hopefully, they're things that are fixable problems. We do think about that Grantsville case where there was the teenage boy who killed his mom and siblings, his dad survived, and another brother. So there's sometimes those extreme cases, but I think those are extreme cases which are are not the norm that we're usually dealing with. Um, Greg, did you get your reservoir? (laughs) The budget had, the bill of bills has not been passed yet, so we we will wait and see. But all signs look good, Um, looks positive. It is a year for water infrastructure. We're a desert state. It's good. It is is something that I think the legislature is trying to be long- looking at in the long view. So I'm hopeful. All right. Uh, this week also during the legislative session, Nikki Haley was in town. A lot of people believe Who? that. Who? I know a lot of people think she should have well, dropped out of the race at this point. It? You know who she is. And um, I Sounds went down familiar. there to Utah Valley University while she was there. And taking politics out of this, I have covered so many presidential candidates and they all think they're God's gift to the world. Their security is a pain in the butt to work with. It's difficult to do anything. Whoever's running her campaign, I will give them a high five because they were polite. They were easy to deal with. They were not rude. They're um, desperate. They um, need you to love them. I guess. But even if they're desperate, they well done. They were well done. And yeah. so I'll say good job on them in doing also, that. Also, she gave a great interview to a young intern, which I also appreciate. Oh, interesting. She did the, the regular outlets, but she also specifically pointed to, I can't remember, Maybe BYU, but it was an intern from a student paper. She took time out I of it. I love that. And while we're doing that it, let's good. just give a shout out to Allie Isom, who is her state rep. Who who oh, is oh really? The I didn't campaign. know. That. I didn't realize I did she was. Okay. And Allie has, you know, she knows what she's doing and she's good at it. I didn't realize that. Um, but yeah, so it was smooth running. I was interested to see. So apparently, we were in the Norda Center there at UVU, if you know it, and I think it seats about five hundred people. So there was journalists that took up, you know, a couple of the back rows. But overall, it was full in there. Apparently, there was another overflow room with another 500 in it the room I was in I would say it was definitely an older crowd that was in there I was interested to see who else was there because I feel like if people are going to show up it's probably older um 
voters who probably have yeah. a little more time on their hands. I was interested to see demographic wise who was in the other room and I didn't get to see it with how we were moving around. So there was a good turnout. Um, I thought she was well-spoken. She obviously is frustrating a lot of Republicans that are saying, let's just get it over with and let's say it's Trump and put all the money towards there. But she was fundraising while she was here. I'm not even sure which business, but there was a business in Utah County that morning, Thursday morning, that she met with and fundraised before she left the state. So there are people who want that to keep going. Greg, you are not in the camp yeah, well, of— Well, did, did, did she mention her pathway to victory, how she plans to win? Her home state that she was the governor, two-term governor, she lost by over 20 points. How, where what Does she explain how she's going to secure this nomination? So, Greg, should we be concerned, though? Here's my question. I guess it's if actually you have the a president— goal of being a candidate, It right? is the goal. But the interesting thing is she says she's trying to give people an option, which is nice. It's sort of weird at this point of the game that you get to Super Tuesday and you don't have an option. So I think it's a pretty foregone conclusion at this point that it is going to be President Trump. I do like the idea of having someone else to vote for. But my question is, when you have someone who's been president, is it problematic that 30 or 40 percent in each of these states that have been voting aren't behind the president? So there there is a big chunk who feels like they don't have a voice, that Trump is not their guy. And Maybe, you know, if they keep giving money and support to Nikki Haley, she could possibly, you know, be well, a backup plan. She could be it, a vice to that, presidential to that pick. Point, she in Michigan, uh, Biden, uncommitted, came in second against Joe Biden in Michigan, and they had other named candidates that Doesn't were Democrats. Doesn't this tell that you were that we're there. not loving the two so, candidates we're yeah, going but, after? But uncommitted looks like a dark horse in the Democrat primary. We might want to see uncommitted keep running. Right? And in Michigan, that so, was a large portion of the Muslim I would like to point there. out. Where you're disappointing Look, me you, today, Greg. No, you're just, it's just Democrats <laughs> want, yeah. Democrats want yeah, Nikki Haley to run because they want someone me, other than the Democrats to rip on them. Sad. It's so easy. You've made it's my so, heart It's so hurt. easy. Oh, please. Wow. So here's where you've disappointed Usually me. you punch me when I make you real mad, so. No, no, here's just where I'm sad, Greg. I'm oh, disappointed. I need a safe <laughs> space. He, <laughs> he, I need some flags here that reinforce stop. my point of view. So you usually are a bastion of process. You and I share a love of American history and the process that leads to it and the right for everybody. There were some snarky... I'm going to get personal. I wasn't going oh, to. Geez. There were then some you are snarky going... people who wanted to see your path to victory for governor. Yeah. And, and they're always... now. That I, wasn't snarky. That's called smart. I, <laughs> they were really smart. <laughs> but Wrong. I, starts with an S, but smart, Nobody's not smart. hurting anybody. She's got money, which is speech. I do think people, there are many of us, I among them, want someone, um, whether it's inevitable yeah. or not, okay. I think Utah wanted to be relevant by being in an early cycle. She showed some respect by showing up. She is showing, anyone who goes through the process, usually yeah. you and I agree on the fact that every step in the process matters. And as a small Western state, we are never going to matter. And yet, so every time anyone nods to every single vote in this process, every single person exercising their fundamental freedoms as okay, American. Okay, I'm going to test you, this. I'm going to test this. You, I am more you. consistent. I have a question. Ideologically, if you answer this you question, are, if you answer this Senior question the right Hughes, way, then I will say you. This right, is a real thought, not, right? not just a I hate Trump. This thought. is a quiz for me. Yes, it, just I, yes or no. Okay, wait. First, I'll start by saying are you excited? <laughs> are you excited, or do you and do you believe that RFK Jr. Should be running for president. Is that a, is that one of those process moments for you? I think RFK will likely be on the ballot in forty states. Yeah. Is that a good and thing? I think is that, that a good provides thing? an 
alternative, interesting voice. So that's a I'm yes. I'm not against this. Okay. Well, then I mean, you're I being consistent. Hurts, I'm, and also, I think Sarah, it hurts if Biden. You like, if, I think you, it, if you think I that's think it good, hurts Biden. Uh, it sure does. Uh, it hurts both to I some degree. I think it hurts but, both of them. But and I, I also yeah. think it's problematic that the number you just gave us is 40. Yeah. I don't think it should be that hard so then to it's get on funky. a ballot. I mean, that's sort of Trump's argument in Colorado, saying, yeah. wait, 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 it's not a state issue. But that's the way it works. Yeah. We do it state by but state. But you answered that, so you were consistent. So that's a process issue, too. So you're glad. That was a wily coyote snare. You could see it from miles away, Greg. That was not a hard thing to sidestep. I'll just point that out. You didn't cite that, but you said you're, but you love RFK Jr. You're going to vote for him. I just friend, think that's really good. You, you are a respecter of the process, I and am. you're dissing on Nikki Haley well, in a way that you, I have not, not seen you usually not, smart. Listen, I, so the only conclusion I have behind, is, is sexism. It's it's not. You're just being a spoiler. You're not actually in a, a, a no, straight face not. process. How Every conversation be matters. Is my question. I think I was. Are closer we going to see garbage turn out on Tuesday? I feel like why going to show up. Why would you show up? By the way, I was. Cl- I feel like I was closer statistically in my my failed attempt than she is in hers. So I, I, I think I'm not judging either of you. I'm I, just saying. I, I think I was in a process. I, I, I don't thought know you should have run. I think she should run. Okay. I asked her, and nobody wants to answer because when you're running for the first place position, you don't want to run for something else. But I asked her if she'd be willing to serve in any other capacity uh, with President Trump if he won, and she obviously gave so me a non-answer I'm on that. Going to win. But do we believe that? There's any place in this universe where Trump might say, "Okay, no. woman would be good." No, no, no he Nikki is Haley. so small-minded, and he no, he no. could care less about a policy. woman or He's her. Like I don't think she has any role her. in her in his future administration. But her. I wouldn't say there's no role for a woman. I think there's a lot. Of, I think there's a Tulsi Gabbard angle that I'm quite intrigued with. I'd love to see her. But Nikki Haley. So you'd not prefer to see a Tulsi Gabbard? Over oh, her? heavens, yes. Interesting. Yeah, she's a veteran. She's great. I like her. Okay. Nikki Haley is as conservative as you are mm-hmm. every day of the week. Um, yeah, she is. You just, you just, you are so partisan no. flag right now. No, I'm not. You're going she's to sheer not. politics. There's no policy in you right now. She's totally. Look, I've, I've, beca- I have a, suit. I have a jaundiced eye to the establishment, to the, to the, to the. She's not the establishment. Industrial, the, the. Industrial Trump is the complex. establishment. No, he is no. a billionaire who's had a silver spoon in his nope. mouth the whole time. The banks, the oh, you're I mean, killing she was, me here. She you are is killing me here. This military industrial complex, they 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 make a lot of money doing it. You're and full of people hooey. like Nikki Haley. She's a governor a who's had to balance a budget. She's everything you them. want. She's everything you want. But you no, are worshiping Trump. the the god of Trump. Mm. You're demagoguing you out the door. Look, you, look, I never I never used to be critical of America's engagement in foreign wars around the world until the, the Trump presidency, where I realized that you didn't actually have to be in all these engagements all over the world, and it feels more like a, a, a an industry, like Eisenhower called it way back when today than it than I do and I think I don't think that it just became that I think my eyes were so open. So may I ask you a Trump question? Mm. Sure. Should he pay his legal bill? Should he pay the uh, DA? Should he sell Trump Towers to or pay should his the RNC? I think he gets his right to appeal these things until he get, there's a final verdict and if he then I don't even think he has a choice at that point, right? But he doesn't have a choice right now. He's supposed to have put the money in. He's well, incurring he's, debt right there's now. There's a bond or something he has yeah. to secure to yeah, do like that. Yeah, like $467 million and he's not no, doing that's the it. whole amount he that's has to the, pay. That's what he has to pay. He has to put it I'm in. I'm saying there has to be a security bond for him to be able to And he's not doing it. Do you think appeal. he should? I think he should appeal it and follow whatever mm-hmm. law is required do to Do you think he should pay what's required of him right now? 
process. Do you think you should pay what's There's a lot of people that when there's a judgment made, then they appeal it. They don't have to pay it all up and then appeal later and win. Yeah, well, that's not his case. All right. No, that's because they weaponized that whole process against him. I'm going to read you guys a Nikki Haley quote, and we're going to talk about the border. Why are you still talking about her? Because we're switching to the border, and I want you to listen to her quote. All right. She said Joe Biden created a full-blown border crisis, but Donald Trump told Republicans in Congress to do nothing so he could use the issue as a political talking point. Unacceptable. We can't wait on one more day to deal with the crisis. President Biden and uh, former President Trump both ended up yesterday on the border together. I think Trump was planning to go first, then President Biden went. President Biden is acting like he's always been... um, behind the idea of fixing things at the border, and Trump's like, Biden's never worked. Biden was somewhat conciliatory, though, while he was on the border, saying that he'd be willing to work with Trump to try to come together and fix the border crisis. Trump's just like, eat rocks and die. So um, that was not his quote. I'm going to read Trump's <laughs> quote. That was rude for no, me to you, not read no, it. I, that's, that he, summed it up. He said the United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. He said behind a podium in the Riverfront Parkway there that he's destroying our country. So yeah. it wasn't eat rocks and die. My no, apologies. I, I think I think I like yours quote better. Um, no, the, here's the deal. Um, is Nikki right? No, she's Did dead wrong. And it's another, put, it, put another reason why I think she's a phony. That bill had 5,000 illegal entries before you would even call it illegal, and the president would have the ability to waive that 5,000 a day and even have more. In the Obama administration, their border would call 3,000 illegal entries a day a crisis. It's up to five in that so-called bipartisan bill, and then any legal challenge to what would happen on there going forward, including in different administrations, would have to be adjudicated in the D.C. Circuit Court. That bill was a joke. And I'm glad, and, and for the Democrats to be able to so effectively pivot on that bill and say, well, because Trump and everyone else didn't like that bill, this is all the fault of Trump, not the current administration that's letting this many people across the border illegally. I found it to be, I guess it's smart politics to be able to gaslight and blame someone else for their own failures, but that bill wasn't worthy of anyone's support, including Nikki Haley. She should be embarrassed if she thought that bill was worth supporting. Two things I'm thinking mm-hmm. about this week on immigration. One is immigrants aren't criminals. So uh, I'm going to, every time I'm going to push the button and say immigrants aren't criminals, immigrants aren't criminals, and the most harm we're doing is pounding from the right that immigration means criminals. And it's just not true. It's not There's true a statistically. It's, it's not true. The cartels so are doing it. It's not true. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. You don't? No, that's very polite. It's not true. And so number two is that everyone's failing on this issue. Nikki Haley's right. Everybody's failing. So the political question, since since none of our elected officials for whom it is their job want to talk policy, let's also just talk politics. What's intriguing about immigration is – by and large, I think this issue cuts for Republicans. It, 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 I think it's a pro-Republican vote message, by and large. But recently, we've seen a couple of Democrats use it to their advantage and winning races. So the big question on immigration is, who's going to get the vote out on it? Since, since we've all suspended governing for a bit, There's since, always since governing's not really looming over yep. the to-do list of anyone elected to Congress or apparently in the executive branch, then the question becomes who's shaping out their agenda, which made it so interesting mm. that they both showed up the same day because it's a stark light. Um, one went to Brownsville, which is such a different scenario. Brownsville has long been a crossing. It's a great part of the Rio Grande if you haven't been there. And then, you know, this flag waving Ingle Pass has become this epicenter of the, the MAGA movement in, 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 
you know, rolled barbed wire. So two really <laughs> iconic B-rolls, two really ideal places. And again, since I've accepted that we've suspended any real governance on this issue, the question that I'm starting to watch is who spins and wins it is the best? Because again, if you asked me six, seven, eight months ago, I'd say, shoo, wow, this is a Republican issue yeah. in terms of positivity. But we have seen two congressional races where the Repu- or the Democrat has essentially got in front of this issue and used it effectively. Yeah, I was going to say, you're right, because the, the Democrat that beat uh, the vacated seat of George Santos, Santos yeah. he's tough on immigration. He okay? crushed he's, it. He just, he, he repeats it. the, so he just, like, if someone's but a Democrat works. and they're frustrated, he just says, well, you know what the Republicans have been saying? Well, that's me now. And everyone's like, okay, we're sticking with the Democrats. So you're right, Mar. I do think if they want to get on that, I don't know. I think Biden has a harder time with that. I think in New York, if they want to be tough on immigration hey, but, spin now. But anybody can say, because you've got, you got governors of blue, blue cities that are so frustrated with this, and they are going to be critical about it. You're going to have a lot of Democrats that are critical about our, but Greg, since our there's crisis, no actual, our border crisis. There's no actual things being done. No one has a record to run on. Nothing good has happened. Well, so I now it it's all just better. make it up. I think it was run better under but Obama course, and Trump. Of course you think. I think both of those presidents are running it better than than Biden is now. It's going to be without a any congressional of who intervention. uses it better. Without During any congressional election. intervention, uses this issue better. And the sad thing the is, is they're both going to use it better. instead of fix it. And exactly. it just drives me nuts because exactly. that's what's gone on forever. Because, I mean, we were talking about fixing it for DACA students, I don't mm-hmm. know how long ago. And so, I mean, I, I hope mean, that we can figure it out. This is 40 years old. This argument is so old. I mean, that's the Congress's motto is use static. it, don't fix it. This issue is so much worse now than it was as we've talked about before. Congress has one job The numbers are way higher now of illegal crossings. Right after World War I, we did this. Right after you, America has repeated this story almost every twenty years on the dime. This is this is this, not. There we've are had real this circumstances problem. are driving this story. Real circumstances. Right. Read the history. This is not I'm the not worst. It's it bad. I'm the not thing saying is, it's is we never need to make up, it so it's, it's possible for people to immigrate, and there's a system because I mean, even looking back when you talk about the world wars, my mom was born in the Netherlands, and a lot of people were leaving those European countries because right. you just there were not places for them to live. They were wanting to come to the United States, couldn't uh, get the visas, they couldn't get the funding. You had to have a lot of things in place to do it. So they moved to Canada. My mom came here as a teenager, but it was a really long process. The time she left the Netherlands with her family was like five or six, was a senior in high school. And if people want to come to our country, the process shouldn't be that long. We should have a set and dread process, and we should make it so that people know what they have to do, what the expectations are. So it's, it's been a long running problem. And so people who do it legally, it's, it's not a quick problem. This is why it's so frustrating is it's an administrative problem, right? Yeah. And it's so, I mean, we've talked about this before. Please let Amazon take this over because this is an administrative procedural problem. And, and, and yes, there's a criminality to it, but it's not, it's so small that if we can just get people processed, if we can get people papered, whether it's temporary or long term, yeah. and we do know we're benefited by the workforce. If, if you're, you're listening to this podcast and you're team Mara and everything I say, just makes your hair, you know, rise on the back of your necks. Just do this for me. A couple weeks ago, there was a 60 Minutes article about the about the border. Okay, and there's a TikTok video uh, in Mandarin Chinese that shows these middle that shows people how to get through this gap in the gate. And this is a 60 minute story, so take it for whatever it's worth. It's not that's not the blaze from Glenn Beck. Okay, watch that segment. These are middle class people. They they got their phones out. They're watching it. Border Patrol shows up with the recording in Mandarin Chinese. 
the administrative part, why are they not going to the port of entries? Because it takes months when you put the app together. So they're coming in illegally on someone's private property. Uh, it is not, I don't think it is a very good story of a very good process. I think it's alarming to see the number of people, how they're learning about this, how many are coming across, how quickly that can be accommodated for. It's almost a disincentive to try and do it the right way. It's not almost, it is a disincentive. Watch that 60 Minutes uh, report and tell me that this is the tired old issue it's always been. These are new emerging issues that are that we're confronting, and they're not good. But to be clear. I'm afraid that it's that we've got I, people coming across this border. I have not border, suggested that, that is, our system is working. That is, I think, really dangerous. I, so I haven't suggested and Amazon, let's have them take working. over the process. Yeah, but the exactly. thing is, is we need rules and we need a process, and we don't have that, and we're in a big fat mess. And, I mean, Congress isn't allocating funding. I mean, everyone is to blame on this. They just passed another everyone. CR. They're not doing a lot. I mean, they I got know. another week to figure March, it out. I bet March they'll do it. Yeah. I'm sure they'll solve it now. Aren't we in this September, October, November, December, January, February, March? We're seven months in. I had to use my hands. I'm not going to yeah. apologize for that. Uh, we're seven months in to continuing to, you know, yeah. fund, do our fundamental you'll responsibility. Never get, you'll never get a positive commentary for me over congress i honestly don't think that they don't know what they and don't you know they've never to been be one of them. well i do think it needs some lawmakers that have actually done the job some muscle memory and being a legislator would be healthy for that body not yeah. me clearly not me but that's what they ought to have is some people from states that have balanced their budgets because they don't print money that have done the job all right well maybe when we meet next week they'll have passed an amazing budget budget for this last year <laughs> and already for this next year just getting ahead of the yeah eight ball i'm and sure they'll of probably it. have a plan to um get rid of the deficit i'm guessing probably by, by next friday i'm sure yeah oh yeah that's my guess okay hold are you gonna hold your breath should we start now? Wow. <laughs> I was going to hold it, but I've got to say thanks for joining us for this podcast. It's been fun talking. And uh, we'll get back here and dissect everything that we think the legislature did right or wrong in these final hours before midnight tonight. Good luck. I hope you have Diet Coke or whatever your beverage of choice is to get through the night. Have a good one.